spent the whole morning, we were here till 3 o'clock in the afternoon, just praising God for what he did in 2008 and claiming things for 2009. It was amazing. It was beautiful. You know, um, last week when we had our, our guest visitor, we were talking about binding things up and claiming things and, and loosing things in Jesus' name. And, and we just got to start doing that, man. And, and it was just amazing, amazing. Do not forget to thank God for what he did in 2008 because we're here, we're saved, we got Jesus, and let's just do it, you know? Let's just do it for the Lord. My New Year's resolution, I shared it this morning, is a whole nother level of holiness, a whole nother level of righteousness. Like, that's just it, you know? I, last two weeks ago, I talked about the standards of this world, you know, and how how we are called out of this world. We're called to be different. We're called to be holy like he is holy. And to me, it's just like Jesus is the only standard. And for me, it's like, man, I just want to take it up a notch. I just want to watch my words, the words that come out of my mouth, the, the music that I listen to, you know, even though I talked about that last week or two weeks ago. The movies that I watch, the things that I read, the people I surround myself with, you know, the, the words that come out of my mouth, I want to start speaking more words of life, you know, and I feel the Lord telling me that. We want a generation to stand up, to stand out above the rest. Prove yourself, you know, prove yourself to the Lord God Almighty. How much do you want it? You know, it's time for us to truly crucify our flesh. And this morning, I was sleeping, I was half awake, half asleep, and I just kept, only thing that kept going through my head was, Clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. And I was, I was dreaming, and I was just the only scripture. And that's my prayer for today, for myself and for everyone here who claims to be a brother and a sister. Clean hands and a pure heart. Can you guys say that with me? Clean hands and a pure heart. To be above reproach in every single way. So that no one can say anything about you. So that you can stand out and people can say, well, that's a Christian. That's a Christian. I was having a wonderful conversation with my pastor, Pastor Adolfo, and it was just, it was, it was a scary conversation, you know. It really was because it made me look at the body of Christ and, and what we're doing. And, and Pastor Joe was encouraging us, you know, guard, he said, guard your entertainment. Guard your time, the time that you have. You know, the time we have here on this earth, it's a resource that God has given us. What are we doing with it? He said, guard your prayer life. And you know, we talked about prayer last week. That prayer is it's our weapon. It's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing that we have. We need to guard it. You know, and I was having a, another wonderful conversation with a friend and was talking about what a privilege it is that we have to know the living God, to enter into his presence to talk to him every single day when the people of this world, they don't have that. They don't have the opportunity to talk to him, to, to get on their knees, to cry, to get to know him the way that we know him. They can read about him in a book. Yes, they can. They can study him all they want, all day long. They can have the wisdom of this world. But if they don't have that relationship with him, it means nothing. And you and I have that opportunity. And we don't need to, we cannot take that for granted. We cannot. It is powerful. We can move mountains 
Do you understand? When we start praying, we start casting out demons, we start loosing freedom and, and binding up addictions and just all this nastiness and dirtiness of this world. It's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing, our relationship with God. Let's protect it. Let's guard it with everything that we have. You know, there's some people that are going to run this race, and at the end, they're going to lose their crown because they got comfortable, because they compromised. We are in no place and no situation to compromise. The Word of God says do not give the devil a foothold. He will tear that door down like that. We are to guard it with all of our lives. Well, that was that. That's the introduction. Well, today, just something the Lord's speaking to me, man. Just, just think about it. We are to be the example. We are to be the light into this world. What's Pastor Joe saying? We are the light. Sign 109. You guys remember? It's 2009. What? It's 2009. It's time to shine. It's time for the glory to shine. Okay, funny. 2009 is time for the glory to shine. And it, come on, it's a brand new year. Just start off clean. You know, it's just like, man, just it's refreshing, you know. You know when you go to school and it's like a new semester and it's like, oh, and start all over again, you know, just A's. It's a new year. Just, you know, forget about what happened yesterday. Repent of the things you did yesterday and just start over with the Lord. Let him wash you clean. Just start over. It's so refreshing. It's so beautiful that we can do that. All right. Well, today we're talking about the fellowship of believers. And today here we are. It's beautiful. We have people from all over, different churches here in the city of Chicago. And it's a wonderful thing. Isn't it beautiful? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're beautiful. You're uh, See, it's a beautiful thing. Isn't it a beautiful thing to know other brothers and sisters who are, who are living for God? It's not, it's not just Metro Praise doing it. You know, it might seem like that sometimes, but it's not. You know, there are other people out there who are laying down their lives, who are preaching the same gospel that we are. It's a beautiful thing. And so I just, I love you guys for coming. Thank you. You're, you're always welcome here. But the Fellowship of Believers, the way that it's described here, and we're going to turn to Acts 2.42. If it wasn't for the Fellowship of Believers, I wouldn't be here today. Okay, a lot, a lot of you wouldn't be here today. All right, when you get saved, there's a lot of people, when we go out, we witness, you know, well, I believe in Jesus, and, you know, I believe he's my Savior, but I don't believe that I need to go to a church to, to be saved. And, you know, maybe true, you know, who am I to judge? I can't do that. But do you know how crazy it is out there in that world? On April 8, 2007, when I accepted Jesus into my life, I could have just left it like that. I could have left and never came back, but I would have been say for what a week a week or two i wouldn't have been back i would have been back into the world doing the same things that i was doing but because this is giving me dirty looks because the, the body of christ was here because of the fellowship of believers god used them to keep me accountable to encourage me god used these people to show me the way you know what i'm saying we need to be grateful for the church we do. You know, sometimes we may get mad when we get disciplined, when we get corrected, when things don't go our way. But we need to thank God for the church, that there's people out there who care about us enough to get into our lives, to get deep into our lives, to hold us accountable. Not because they love us so much, but because they care enough. They love us so much. They love our souls so much 
It's not our pretty little faces and how much money we tithe and how much we come to serve. They care about our souls. Thank you, Jesus, that someone cares for us. All right? The fellowship of believers. There's power in this fellowship of believers. In worship, when we come together and worship, oh my goodness, I think we touch heaven. You think we touch heaven? When we pray, my goodness, God hears us. The devil hears us. We scare the demons away. Demons start manifesting in services. That's amazing. That is beautiful. You know, we need more of that. That's so funny. I got a story to tell. Should I share it? (laughs) It's a dream. One time Pastor Joe was like, man, I just... I just need, if you guys know someone has a demon, just bring them. <laughs> just bring them here so we can, you know, shikaboomba. And then <laughs> I have a dream that night. <laughs> I found a man with a demon. <laughs> I was like, I found one. <laughs> it just starts speaking in tongues and whatever. Oh, it's amazing, though. But there's power when we come together, guys. There is so much power. And if, if you know them, bring them. Because there's really people out there who are possessed and, and they, need, um, they need freedom. But there is, pow- there is so much power. The body of Christ does not understand how much power it has. You know, people think we're Christian and we're, we're weak and we have no power and we have no say. And we're just these uh, meek little people who just don't have a life. You know, just we're just in a box or something. But we're not. When we accept Jesus, we begin to li- live life and life to the fullest. Amen? All right. So we need to start grasping a hold of that power. We need to start believing it, that when two or more are gathered, God is in the midst. Amen? All right, let's turn to Acts 2.42. The fellowship of believers. You guys there? Can we get the monitor? Okay. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I'm going to read that one more time. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with what? And sincere hearts. Amen. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Come on. Our structure here at Metro Praise, everything we do is within these couple of verses. It's beautiful. We just... Some, somewhere in there. You know, school and, and fellowship and, and ministry and small groups and, and everything is in there. That's beautiful. That's church. That's church. Church isn't coming here on Sundays and, and sitting in the back. and It's okay if you're sitting in the back too. And sitting in the back and, and just trying to hide. No, people knew you. People got into the, your lives. They shared everything together. They met daily. You, there was no possible way you were going to come in there and, and just hide in your sin. Just slip in, hear the message, and slip out. No, no, no. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. This is a beautiful thing. But the thing that got me when I wrote this is 
when I read this is with glad and sincere hearts. Glad and sincere hearts. You know what the, the thing is that we love people. We love to love people. And we welcome people and we, you know, show them the love of Christ. But some people are lacking this thing. Sincere hearts. They come to us, they come to the church with religious attitudes. You guys know some religious people? Okay. With religious attitudes. And they want to teach us a thing or two about Jesus. They want to teach us a thing or two about Jesus. And tell us how we need to do it. Do you think they have sincere hearts? I don't think they have sincere hearts. I think they're bringing division to the body of Christ. You see, the devil knows how much power there is when we come together. When we come together and worship, he knows and understands. And what he wants to do is break us apart. He wants to bring what we always talk about, what we always talk about, bitterness, grudges against each other, slander. He wants to bring arrogant people full of pride to teach us about Jesus. To teach us about the way we need to walk with God. It's so funny because the same people that want to teach us a thing or two are not even living 100% for the Lord. You know what I mean? The minute you get to know them, you know, you can teach them a thing or two about what it means to live a righteous life. They want to come and they want tell you everything they know about the Bible. Every single thing they've learned, they've read, they've they've researched. But they're missing one thing. See, they can have all the knowledge, but they're, they're missing the heart. They're missing the love. You know, the Bible says you can prophesy and speak in tongues all day long. But if you lack love, you have nothing. You're nothing but a resounding symbol. You know? We need to get rid of these people. We need to just nip it in the butt. You know what I'm saying? Like Nancy says, just nip it in the butt. We're going to turn to, um, where am I? Matthew 12:22. It talks about Jesus, Jesus, and Beelzebub. It says, Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, Could this, could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. Every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against itself. How then can can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your by whom do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Can you believe this? Jesus just casted out demons and and they're saying this is the devil this is that doesn't even make any sense can you imagine some religious people up in this church today you begin to to lay hands on people and they get healed and they get 
set free from addictions. And, and then they're going to start saying, well, we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to speak in tongues. Women aren't supposed to preach. Come on. You're supposed to be wearing a skirt. You should, your hair should be covered. To hell with religion. To hell with religion. If it was not for the power of God to be manifested in this place, I would not be here today. Many people would not be here today. Many people would not be healed. People in Africa would not be getting up. It would not be walking. The blind would not be seeing. Do you understand what I'm saying? To hell with religion and the people that would want to come into this church, into the house of God, with that nastiness. I was going to say another word. Okay? Many people can talk like a Christian. They can look like a Christian. They can bow down. They can get on their knees like a Christian. That means nothing. You will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. And people want to come and they want to judge. They're here for a day or two and they know us already. We are bearing fruit. You are bearing fruit. You, I know you personally. I know you're bearing fruit. When people want to come to you, they want to judge you without knowing you, without seeing the fruit that you have done, that you have, you have reaped for the kingdom of God. To hell with those people. You live your life for God. You keep your eyes focused on God. We are here to please him and no one else. Audience of one at all times. At all times, people. 1 Peter 2, 1, it says, Therefore, rid yourselves from all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind, of every kind. The Bible says, throw off anything that hinders you. If there's a person in your life who is hindering you, who comes, rid yourself of that person. Pray for them. Warn them once. Warn them twice. After that, have nothing to do with him. That's it. That's it. Why are we going to let people, dirty people, who don't want to, to get better, who don't want to go forward with the kingdom of God, hold us back? We want Jesus. We want the glory of God. In this place, we cry out every Sunday, every Friday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, Lord, come down. Meet us here, Lord. And we wonder why he doesn't come down, because this place is a mess, because we allow the nastiness in this place. The priests needed to be washed, needed to pray, needed to fast before he can even enter into the presence of God in the temple. Their sin cannot be in the presence of God. Cannot. It's not possible. And we want God to move in our services. We want God to come down when we are not even right, when we allow, when we overlook these things in our church. You know, we want people to be comfortable. You know, we want them to come back. We want them to have Jesus. No, warn them so they can get right by Jesus. Warn them. Don't let them slip by. Don't let them sit in the corner. Shine that light into that darkness. Show them who Jesus is and the power. Yes, he's a loving God. He cares for you. But you know what? There's the wrath of God as well. And if you do not get right with him, you will be facing that wrath. Jesus. Woo! God Almighty, he is worthy of it all. If you are in this place and you claim to be a brother or a sister, we need, you need to rid yourself of all the things of this world. Holiness and righteousness. Clean hands and a pure heart. That's it. 
If you struggle, we all struggle. I'm not perfect. We repent of our sins and we move forward. We do not turn back. We do not pick, go back to that sin. We move forward. That's it. It's Jesus all the way. Tomorrow is never promised. Don't settle for less. We have one life to live, one heart to give. Let's do it unto the Lord. That's it. That's it. Jesus is the only way. Let's love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. The things of this world will pass away. Let's just do it for Jesus. And if he's the person who calls.